Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Today, my guest is my dear friend, Jules Duncan. I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her because she has fascinating stories, really interesting perspectives, and just some great wisdom to share. So Jules, welcome to the program. Hey, Mindy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I am so excited to have you here too. And what you all don't know is that we had already started this, but I neglected to hit record correctly. So <laughs> I appreciate Jules, your patience. And, uh, you know, we just, we just keep it real here on this show. So to get started, I know that a lot of my audience might not know about you, which I'm so happy that they will after this show. But if you could share with them a little bit of your story from growing up up until what you're doing now, specifically focusing on your wealth evolution. Like what was, what was money like for you and what is it like now? Okay. Well, I love the question. Thank you. Cause I get to go back and kind of like think about my life. And I'll, the first thing I always tell everybody is that I had my first sale at seven years old in first grade when I sold a hundred dollar product a skincare product to my teacher. So it was Royal Jelly. It was $50 an ounce and she bought a two ounce bottle because she loved it so much. Because I literally had was, my mom sold makeup and I was so excited because I, I had sat with her because I was kind of quiet, but I got to listen. So since I was very little, I have had the most incredible opportunity to learn how to talk to people, to learn how to sell, and to learn how to get a message across. Even in the way I was brought up, I was from I was raised in a religion that was constrictive, and that they basically said no holidays, no birthdays, and we had to knock on doors. And so since I was very little, I was trained how to talk to people, what to say, how to use tone, you know, how to use pausing, how to use the Bible and even pronounce the words in the Bible so that you could actually connect the stories to real life. And so that training was invaluable to me. It, it changed the way I saw the world. I was always different. And I was always that kind of the kid that wasn't, didn't get to, you know, participate in the holidays, but I got to watch everything. So it was really fascinating. And, you know, I was re really fortunate. I got to, I was normally top of the class and just always like teacher's pet. So different access points than most children get. My parents were both entrepreneurs. My mother was a salesperson her entire life. She was so good at connecting with people. Like people love my mom. And then my father, he was a, a, an upholsterer, which was super interesting because he taught me such great lessons about foundation. Because every time he did any project, he had to strip it all the way down to the bare bones. And it, we only worked for the best. Like he worked, we, he, we lived on the central coast of California and he worked in Santa Barbara and San Luis for the, the most affluent people. So early on, I got to see wealth at the highest level. My, I got to go into the most beautiful houses. And yet my parents didn't have that wealth mentality, even though my mother's mother was actually a millionaire. And so she, she married well, <laughs> the second marriage. And so she traveled all over the world and she had everything she needed. But my, and my mother was you know, the one that was going to inherit everything. Yet my mother never had that mentality. You know, she always had, she always came from a place of like poorness. And even though 
I never felt poor as a child because we had everything we needed. We lived in a nice home, but the, which, how she spoke about her reality, you know, spoke to where she really was. And when I was a child, I didn't really understand that we kind of like create the world that we live in by how we see the world. And so my mom, you know, she taught me so many great things. Like I was listening this morning to this, my kids were listening to Netflix and they were playing a song and it was like, um, the, the little song, Diddly, she always taught me little, like, really positive messaging that really helped me today, even. And it was like, it was a song that said, the more we get together, the happier we'll be. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's like the theme of everything I do now. It's like the more we connect, the more we do things together, the more we realize we need each other, the happier we really are, because that's when we're really in our true power. And so she taught me all these great messages. And yet, at the same time, she wasn't able to see for her world and her lens, like what it really would look like to adopt what she was able to teach me. So completely grateful for her lessons. And even the fact that, you know, she took me to all the sales conferences. I actually got to speak at corporate by the time I was 10 because I was selling for her. My mother would use, because she would like do really good the intros, but then she kind of fizzled, but I didn't. So she would let me put on her classes. And so since I was very young, I've had opportunities to teach and to work with people and to be like a trainer and you know because I always look kind of older I was, I was overweight my hair was short it was like and it aged me and so no one thought I was as young as I really was and so I always entered rooms much younger than anyone and because my demeanor is very calm and quiet no one never bought it was okay that I was there so I got a wealth of knowledge so young and then I saw my dad create Magnet, magnificent pieces like his work was an architectural digest yet he didn't charge that much because he didn't see the value in what he was doing and nothing was duplicatable or scalable everything was this piece this piece and it would take him so much longer than he'd ever give himself time to do mm. and it's like and so he created this world for himself that was so stressful because he didn't allow more length and he never charged enough and so my heart was always with entrepreneurs, the small business people. And so I loved it. And I, when I went to college, I got my degree in psychology because I realized that if I understood psychology, there was nothing I couldn't do. Right. I needed to understand best how people worked, what made people, you know, and get inspired, the light bulb. How do they move? What, what makes a person take you know, a certain path that the brain always fascinated me. And so that's why I decided psychology was where I was going. I had always liked sales and marketing, but I was not interested in going on that path for college. I never even considered what I did as sales or marketing. I just did what I did because I really enjoyed people. And so it was really fascinating how, you know, I went through school thinking I actually thought I was going to be a therapist. And I actually thought that this was, you know, where I wanted to go. And I wanted to like, you know, just talk with people and, you know, I was tracking so that I could be a psychiatrist. But the more I did it, the more I realized I didn't want to get caught up in just the story and the sadness. I wanted to see where I could help, where I could do things that like really, you know, started moving the needle. And at the same time, I married very young. And so I, by this point, I'm, I'm in school. I actually take my little babies to school with me. So I'm in college. I have my first baby with me, like after a year after I get married, I'm about 20 years old. Wow. And 
so he's in school with me and I actually got a minor in child development as well because of my baby because I figured if I had the child development people on my side I would have an easier time at college and I did because they watched my children I trusted them. my my teacher even actually watched my son while I'm taking my final and so it's like all my life I've been calibrating or who are the right people that can help support me in this place that I go go in you know how do I find the right to do it <laughs> Well, that I needed to. I didn't have as much support in the, in that relationship, and I, I was really trying to figure out how do I still, you know, excel because I'd always been top of the class, always done, you know, the best I could possibly do, and now I have a baby. I have all these things, you know, going on, and not as easy anymore. And so I had to figure out how do I get the help I need. So I was able to find the people that I needed and they, they really helped me and fast and the fast forward a little further, you know, I got, I decided because I was watching my kids one day and I heard the radio and they're saying like, this was right after college. And they were saying that they were hiring um, sales reps for the radio station. And I, that was my favorite radio station that I had that I listened to all my life. And I was like, Oh my gosh, at the time it was like, over 20 years ago, almost hard to say that now, <laughs> but it was like radio was a big thing back then. And so I'm like, wow, you know what? I could do that. And I, I was more shy and, and, you know, quiet. And, but I'm like, no, no, I could do that job. Cause that would be really cool to work with those people. And I love music and all those things. And so I got right after college, I got my first job working for clear channel uh, radio, which is one of the largest marketing conglomerates in the world. And I, that's where I got to really see marketing. I started writing commercials for radio, which was really fun because they're like 60 seconds or less. How do we sell them? And then we also, we started, we were the ones that brought the 30 second commercial. So it was much you know, more succinct. And so I started talking to even more business owners and being able to see the struggles and where the people were going. And, you know, I realized that, you know, even then it was before the internet really got booming, but it was still not the right answer. And I was like, how do I move myself in a better position where I can actually help these entrepreneurs because these people and small i don't like calling them small business because if you have any size business that's big business because you're doing something for your community that's really big and you're stepping out of your comfort zone you're putting your family on the line you're putting everything that really matters to you you know right there and you're showing up for your community so i don't love the word small business at all i really believe that these are community heroes that step forward and do that and so for over 10 years, I just spent my time and my effort helping these businesses move and grow. And, you know, I, it just developed like who I was talking to next and what business I was working with. And I'm really grateful for that. Like a lot of the people I work with, no one would have ever known their name. They still wouldn't. But the lessons that I learned from working at with community business are lessons that are what I utilize today. When you learn how to market without, you know, a budget that just has no runway, no end to the runway, you know, and you and it doesn't matter because you could just keep throwing things at the wall and you can keep moving. That's different than having to do marketing like guerrilla style, where you're like, this has to work. <laughs> this is someone's family's money. This has to work. We have to be in business next month. It shifts the way you see life. It shifts the way you see money. And you realize that it's like, well, there's ways to work it better. And that's what I really realized that as I was moving forward and, you know, even my discovery of what, what wealth truly was, 
it was these relationships that really were making businesses, you know, move. And so for me, with the discovery of wealth has always been in your relationship capital. Like what are the relationships in your life are you developing? Because that's the like true security I know that there's nothing like, you know, people see commas and zeros in their bank account and they feel security. But when you have a network of people that you can count on, that you can speak to, that you can really move forward with, that you can bring your biggest problem to and your biggest success to, you have something money can't buy. And it takes real work, real commitment, and real authenticity to even have something near that and so my journey has taught me it's always been about relationships it's always been how do we create something that makes it a win-win-win so that everybody in the scenario actually benefit from that and the dollars come but it, it starts with the value like, where can we bring more value to the table? How do we provide value? And how do we work with the right people that understand that value needs to be shared and that we are not in a, a sense of lack? How do we continue to resonate with that? And when we do, and we ask those kind of questions, it shifts what happens, even in small business. It, it shifts the way people respond to you. It's It's... Like I said, it's more community business than small, but it's the way people show up when they have a safety net. And that's why that song my, that my mother kept bringing up, she taught it to me when I was so little, the more we get together, the happier we'll be. That's like the greatest lesson she ever gave me because that is what true wealth really is, is that connection. The more we work together, the happier we'll all be. And we really are wanting the happiness and that's true wealth versus the dollars that are in the bank account. Yeah, and you know what, Jules, to that point, I mean, it's perfect that you're talking about this because I met you at Genius Network, mm -hmm. and that, to me, was such a great example of everything that you're saying because all along the way, they were so helpful in so many different ways, and I would say especially then when Sean died, that network really came together and they were like, Mindy, we got you. How can we help? What do you need? How can we support you? And it was based on that relationship capital. And I love it that that's where you and I first connected too. So I want to just get, just to clarify, because I ask this of every one of my guests, your definition of wealth, would you say that it is, it is the relationship capital or are there other things that you would add into that as well? Like what is your personal definition of wealth? And relationship capital is absolutely part of the core of it. And then it, it absolutely is your health, your mindfulness and mindfulness and your resiliency. Yeah. Resiliency is so crucial because it's like, it's how you move forward. And because no one has a perfect storyline, even though we'd all wish for that perfect story. But like with, you know, like even Cinderella, we heard her story and then she got married, but we didn't hear the rest. You know what I mean? We just got to the point where the story got going and we were told the end, but that's not it. The whole journey is really what it's about. And that resiliency is actually such a key component. And resiliency creates perspective and vice versa. It's like a it's like a mirror that just really gets created 
And, you know, it's not something that we can understand until we've gone through a little bit of how, what a gift it is. I always tell people that the best gifts come in the ugliest packages. Like when I was 27 years old, my daughter passed away. And I'm, that's pretty young. And actually she was the first person in my life that ever had died. So I'd never even explored the idea of death or the finality of death until I lost a child that had been in my body. And I mean, and she was so young. So, I mean, there was so much to, to really, you know, have to go through. And, you know, I had a degree in psychology. I had all the backing of telling me what it should feel like. And it didn't. Yeah. It felt a million times worse. And so it's like all these things that it's like, you know, but they made me me, you know, and it, and it, and it took me having to go through a, a lot of self-discovery. And even though I was like, you know, I stayed home for a lot of in the beginning and the, I would get people knocking on my door and it was randomly like, it was a mailman one time and he had a package for me. And at that point I couldn't, I couldn't help but say it always. Everybody that met me, I couldn't help but say that, that she had passed away. And turned out he had lost his child too. And he had this beautiful message for me that, it, you know, you'll get, you'll, you'll be okay. You're going to, I'm here, you'll get there. And it was, the world has so much that we can connect from. And we just have to sometimes open the door. And that's really what I've learned is that that door sometimes feels really hard to open, but when you open it, the world has something right there for you. And that's one of the biggest gifts that I had was the people, the people that helped pull me through to that, from that experience. Because I learned, like I felt like my grief was like this ball of glass that I always held. But when I realized, and it always made me bleed, but when I realized there was a way I could turn it that actually didn't hurt me and actually made this beautiful light come through, it changed everything. I realized I could utilize my grief and my story and it could help someone else. Well, I would be one of those people for sure because you helped me tremendously after Sean died. And I'll tell you exactly what or like how that came about because I, there's a funny thing for those of us that have gone through an experience like that, a grief, you know, a, a big grief experience. There's kind of this sense of like, you shouldn't try to compare your loss to someone else's loss or their loss to your loss or whatever. So I was always kind of like, you know, I don't know what a greater loss would be. I said, I don't have children. So potentially that to me could be worse. I don't know. I mean, how do you, how do you even compare them? There's not like a worse thing, but Jules, you said something to me that was so eye opening to me and also truly just, you were bearing witness to my grief. You said, yeah, it is crazy sad to lose a child but you don't live your life like through your child. You live your life through and with your spouse, your partner, your, and again, that's not to like compare and contrast, but it just felt so honoring to me and to my loss for you to have seen that and say, I recognize that Mindy, you know, this is what I'm seeing having come from the perspective of you did lose your daughter. So that, I am one of those people that, that your experience absolutely directly helped me. Well, I appreciate that. Cause I feel like we all have a piece of each other to, we can share. And it's, it's in those moments that just change everything because sometimes we just need permission to be like, you know what, this, this is my sad story. And if I can recognize your sad story and it still be okay, 
And honestly, Mindy, it's like everybody always like, oh, you you win. You have the sad story. You have to decide. <laughs> You know, and I'm, I'm like, like, I don't want to, I don't want to win that game though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's not, it, it's not what I want first prize in, you know, exactly. but it's like, but because that, that feeling in that place that, you know, how, when they hear it, it helps someone at the same time, because we are such caring souls as mostly for de our default. And when you hear something like that, even in your, the, your grief spot, you're like, you want to give comfort to me. You were trying to comfort me at the same time you were feeling your heartache and you're feeling your, your, your deepest grief. And it was, it's, it's a beautiful thing that this piece of my grief can do that. And it, it's done that with, with so many people that they're like, no, 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 you know, we're so sorry for you. And I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. I feel you and I honor where you're at right now. And Mindy, honestly, it's like I've studied grief for so long and I've looked, I've sat with so many people in their grief spot and it's like a Phoenix arising kind of journey. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You you literally like it for me, it felt like my bones were melting because it hurt so bad. It was just like, you know, that feeling of just really, it shifts you. And I have to say that, you know, as I watched you and just, I held space for you and, and you were in my heart so much. Your journey was so beautiful because you shared so much of it publicly and you allowed it to be okay. Because there was a lot of people grieving when Sean died. Like it hurt the world, like the world felt it and you felt it deepest. And yet you provided us all so much comfort. You know, and that was like, even the heart path that you did, you know, just months later, I truly believe that a lot of us came close to it because we had a piece that we needed to work with, with you. And you were, I mean, you were so available and so open and that, that experience was so life changing for me that I was just in the, yeah, at the same time, I'm realizing that you're have, you've just gone through this unexpected dramatic loss and yet here you are showing up full out and the thing that was the most common denominator said there is we all understood why sean loved you so much because it was the first time that i really really saw you you know playing full out and being there and this was like part of your grief you know journey and it's like to be able to even being a place to articulate how you feel is one thing, but you not only articulated, you facilitated our journey and you know, even where we were going. And like I told you that I was had stuff that I came to heart path specifically to work on in my own life. And yeah. so I, you know, was so honored just to see how you navigated through it because it was utterly beautiful and so poignant your journey. And thank you so much for having the courage to share it with all of us. Well, I mean, Jules, <laughs> it, it's really nice to, to hear that while on my side, it, it definitely didn't feel, you know, well facilitated or strong or, or anything like that. It, it felt awful, <laughs> quite honestly. But, but that being said, I am still so grateful that I chose to go through that and that you all showed up. Yeah. You know, like you were all, that whole group was an amazing, amazing experience. And would you share briefly, because you had an awesome, awesome thing that came out of your time at Heart Path that I was just, you told me that and I was like, 
blown away. And would you share that with the audience? Yes. Um, I was, I had seen your post and I, I had seen, I was like, Ooh, that sounds like fun. Cause I'd always had, we had connected a genius network and I'm like, we need to connect again. I knew that. And I, I'm like, that was something I always knew would happen. And, you know, I had planned on going to, um, Sean's event last a couple August ago. And yet my dad, he got really sick the week before I had tickets. I was so excited. You know, I mean, my son, he told me, wow, you get to meet that YouTuber. I'm like, I already know him. He's like, wow. <laughs> Cause he got, he was like, so in awe of it, but it was, it was my dad had getting sick and like we, I had to make that decision, you know, what to do. Cause it was like, he had just got sick. He unexpectedly, he was in the hospital and it was a couple days before. And I was so called because I really had wanted to spend time with you and Sean and I really knew how incredible that would, would have been, but it didn't, it wasn't the right time. Right. And so I wasn't able to go and I ended up, you know, going and, and being with my dad and that, you know, started a long, a long journey. My, Cause my dad never really came out of the hospital and he was in, the, in hospital care for about a, a year and a half, two years. And so it was very, a very stressful time to say the least. And it was, and it was never super easy uh, growing up, even with my dad. My dad was, I loved him. He had so much wisdom. He had so much about him that was just incredible. And I feel like a lot of, you know, his lessons I had, I get to live and I, I really appreciate that. But he also was an alcoholic and he was highly stressed all the time, self-imposed granted but always highly stressed. And so he had a, one of those trigger tempers. And so one of my best gifts today is being able to talk on the spot pretty eloquently and, you know, talk to my audience. That's a gift I got from my father. My father was if like, if I did, if I said something too wrong, it could like, you know, get him really upset because he already had so much going on. It was displaced anger. I know that as an adult, as a child, all I try to do is navigate around that. Like, and I was smart, so I was able, I learned really well <laughs> the, how to speak in a way that really kept my audience with me in a way that I liked. And so it's like, it's truly like the best gift that I could possibly have today. You know, people always tell me, wow, you have such a way with words. Everything is earned. <laughs> There's no like easy button for <laughs> these skill sets that we have or how we are. It's like we earn them. And it's like not everybody tells their story of how they earn them or even maybe even realize what it was that actually earned them. But it's like, I think about it and I have so much gratitude for that. But at the same time, he still wasn't an easy man to know. I loved him, but it wasn't easy. And, you know, and even the social worker, she's like, he has a lot of, you know, emotional issues. And I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> you know, that's my daddy. He's, but he's great. And he would like give you the shirt off his back, but he's stubborn. And he wants it his way and there's only one way so it's like it's not easy to navigate you know and so there was a lot of feelings there and a lot of heartache like I my heart ached because I knew he probably wasn't coming out and I really wanted things to be better and yet there were such feelings because you know he was really unhappy being in a bed all the time so again displaced anger you know, he wasn't happy that he wasn't able to drink at the end. You know, that's not, you know, and so there were a lot of feelings that were coming up for him and he was in, in kidney failure. And so if we even just think like 
like chemically, he had a lot of toxins in his body. Like I can understand and I articulate it all the way out of why my dad showed up the way he did at the end. And my brain can tell you, but my heart still hurt over it. You know, and I knew that there was that block there. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I really should go, right? I really, really should go. And I thought about it and I really wanted to go, but you know, I'm more like, sometimes I, I hesitate. And what's great about, you know, God, the universe, is that he sends pings. At least I hear them because I've seen them since, especially since my daughter died, all these beautiful loving messages about where I should be and what I should be doing. And nothing could be more obvious than when uh, Sean's parents were sat next to me at Genius Network, the event. I was like, okay, <laughs> I will take that as massive confirmation because, you know, they're at Genius, they're always talking about, like, all these things that, you know, you should be doing, the people you should connect to. And, you know, but the only thing that I was hearing from that entire conversation is you need to go to Heart Path. <laughs> and so sitting next to Sean's parents was just that confirmation. So I, I text messaged you, you know, right then and, you know, asked you if you still had any spots left because I had dragged my feet. <laughs> so, you know, and so it worked out. It worked out that I got to go. And... I really needed to go. I really, really did. And I knew I needed to go. And, you know, it was, Sedona has always been a, a very healing place for me. You know, I got married in Sedona. You know, I, my, I thought I spread ashes for my daughter in Sedona. And so it made sense that your event was going to be there. And it was just perfect timing. So it was beyond what I expected. It was more than what I could have asked you for, especially at that moment. And it was exactly what I needed to really be able, like I left there after spending, you know, two and a half days with you. And the first place I went was to see my dad. Yeah. And it was the best conversation I had with him in a long time. Yeah. I love that, that you were able to take what you experienced there and just put it so directly into real life into your family because then didn't he pass away right after that yeah he passed away about a month later yeah. and I, that conversation really mattered and i feel like heart path helped me in so many ways but that was a conversation i don't know if i would have had had we not done the work and you could and the heartache left after heart path wow that was the, the most amazing part of it. And that's what I sent you a text message over. Cause I was like, Mandy, this was beyond anything that I can describe as a copywriter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I don't know how to monetize this, but I wish I could because I'm like, everybody needs to understand how incredible this experience is and why it's, it's, it's what everybody needs to find because the most beautiful part of the experience is everybody was in a different place with a different situation. And yet they all needed the same unlocking. You know, they all needed to hear what you shared. And I love that it was, there was people in the room that had already experienced one and they came back. Yeah, I think there were some there that had been there a few times <laughs> and they keep coming back. And it was so good. Like it was, it was not what someone would anticipate the experience to be i don't believe it was so more so much more internal and yet 
I, I'm a nerd. I love science. I love that there was so much like articulation from science, from, from research, from everything that really like for someone like me that can just grab onto, you know, that like, you know what, that makes so much sense. Seeing the examples, of, you know, uh, uh, and actually even playing with an iPad. <laughs> right. And it's just like, just, it was just an experience that, I don't, I don't think I would be me without, like, even there was just something that you said that just unlocked so much permission for me. Cause it's like, I can describe pretty much anybody. Like you come to me, you want to, you want to get your brand, you know, moving, you want to get, you know, the right messaging. You want to get in front of an audience. I can help you diagnose it all. I can help you position yourself. I can help you get the right wording, the right messaging to really connect to your audience. But when someone asks me what I do, uh, hard to explain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hard to explain. And yet you help me so much. Because and it's like and the way you do it is like and I've seen you do it with other people, just this instant shift that you are able to connect and create for the person that you're really talking to. And so I really see why people like there was people in the room that have had, you know, the one on one coaching with you. And I'm like, it's those instant shifts that take that make all the difference, right? Because that's why I didn't want to go into therapy and be a psychiatrist is because I didn't want to have to only win if I could keep patients coming to see me. Thank you. That I totally agree. I was the same way, like started in psychology and then I'm like, this is not, this is not what I want to do because of that exact point. Let me check in with you just on time check because we, I had scheduled till 4.50. Do you have a few more minutes? Sure. Okay, cool. Cause there's a, a great piece that I'd love to, drop in here and then we'll talk about the summit and wrap. So okay. and I'll edit yeah. <laughs> all this out. No problem. So Jules, that's awesome. I totally appreciate just you, not only for saying what you said about heart path and about my work, but for you, you took it and embodied it and did something with it. So that I, I totally appreciate. Now, one of the other aspects of this show that I love to do with all of the guests and my listeners have had such delight just getting to know you all better. It's this four-part question based on the acronym HERB. So H-E-R-B, and I'll just walk you through the four parts. H stands for habits. What are some of your habits that just allow you to you know, get all your work done while you've got kids running around and all that, just, you know, be productive. What are your habits? Okay. So I have to gamify my stuff. So uh, yes. And I already know what my weaknesses are and what my strengths are and what my defaults are. And so what I do is I bake in to my habits, the things that I'm, I'm weakest in. And so that if I do like, okay, I'm happy to go write for an hour. Okay, if I go write for an hour, I got to do like, I'm going to spend some outreach time talking to people as well. And so A equals B is how I kind of see it. So A is the thing that I like to do. B is the thing that I don't really like to do, but I'm going to bake in what B is. And even like, you know, how I work with people. Like I know I do better when I work with someone and I talk to them like twice a week. What I normally do is I offer one hour of per week for with people for doing an intensive and I get them to agree to that. But then as a bonus, what I do is I show up after we've agreed that this is what it's worth to you. I give them a, a, an undisclosed bonus of the extra hour. Oh, nice. Because I need it too. 
I know what I need. I need more touch points so that I can really understand what's going on, not less. If I have two during the week, then I really can understand how we're moving something forward. If I have one, it's not as easy to feel it. So I bake into my success these habits and these little markers of what I know that I need. And then I offer them in ways and position them how my audience can receive them best. If I sold you one hour and you're happy at you know the cost, and then I tell you I'm gonna give you another free hour, it feels different than if I would have sold you two hours for the same price. Absolutely. You show up better. I show up better. We all feel better about it. So I'm always looking for ways how I can position what I need to do in a way that really hits not me the right way and also the audience the right way. So my habits are based on how do I get the things that I'm the strongest in to help me do the things that I'm the weakest in. That is really, really smart. And I love the gamification aspect of that. That's fantastic. So moving to the E, the E stands for environment. How do you set up your environment in terms of what you allow in or don't allow in, again, to be productive, to have, you know, developed the, the work that you do now? Well, a massive piece to my environment is my husband. My husband is so good at creating like ultra Zen environments. Nice. And, and it's with having so many kids, especially under five, we have three, under, <laughs> we have three little ones and it's like Zen and, and having little children normally don't go together. Right. But he, he, he does such a great job. He, you know, he keeps everything in such great alignment for me so that it's easy for me to be me. I have a sacred space that this is the only place I work. Like I do everything in my power not to take my computer because I basically live on my computer outside work zones and just honor that to be workplaces. And so my, you know, bedroom and my family room, you're not going to see the computer there. And so that way I can keep things clear and, you know, really like if I'm coming into my office, this is my sanctuary, this is my quiet space, and this is where I work. And that's really, really important to me. And then having things that like are meaningful in my office. Like I have, you know, for me, I have a, a phrase on the wall that says, be amazing today. And that's when something like I can look at right now. And I'm, I'm, I have my computer, but I, I can see that at all times, you know, and I have a picture of me and my husband on my desk and little trinkets that mean a lot to me, you know, and it's like, and I have, you know, little things that my kids have drawn and things that remind me of why I do what I do. Yeah. And so that I can really show up and be who I need to be. But it's all about building that foundation. And it's, it's the environment, you know, I really love what Ben Hardy says, you know, he's so good about that. And it's just like, and it, the environment really does create your, the outcomes and really can shift how you see things. So really actively creating an environment that's comforting, that's a sanctuary, that's somewhere I really want to be is really important to me being able to play full out. Yeah. I'm right there with you in that. Like it has to be so deliberate and very, you know, specific. So that's, that's awesome. So the R stands for resources and resources could be books, a course, a mentor, just any resource that you have loved and that you would recommend to my audience. Resources. Well, my favorite resource is always my cell phone my cell phone because I have people in on that cell phone that I can talk to at any time that can help me. So there are great books, there are great mentors, but really there are people in your world right now that are the people you need to connect to. 
And so, and they're already connected to you. That's what I really love is being able to really stay connected to the people that we know. I try to talk to three to five people a week that are in my network just to get more perspective. Perspective is everything. And on, on our phone, you can do a, a quick, I like doing videos so that people can actually see you and then and, and something that they can actually, you can utilize the entire um, spectrum of communication on a video, which you can't do via text. You can't do via email. And it's actually easier and it's so much more compelling. So it, it, the phone has so many resources for you. Pretty much anything you need to ever Google or look for is there. And because it's already in your hand, it's something we should utilize. It's not just a device other people can connect to us on when they want to get a hold of us. Yeah. Let's take the power back. Let's realize what it's really there. Cause it's like, we're super connected by technology, but not very, where our connection to others is, is, you know, flailing because we are just going to, we will send a quick text. It's like, let's send voice memos. Let's send videos. Let's continue to figure out how to connect so that we can really, you know, get the resources because I truly believe the answers you're looking for are not, you know, found, you know, a hundred miles away. Just like the story about the guy that was, you know, digging for gold and yeah, he was looking and looking. <laughs> yeah, and it's right there in his yard. It's like the answers you need are so close to you and it's so evident. You know, what I'm doing every single day now is how close what your breakthrough really is. And you're literally just one connection away from really having the answers you need. So it, it's really like, how do we leverage what we have in our daily life to make these massive leaps forward? You know what I love about this question is that I've asked this to everybody that's ever been on this show. And I keep thinking, you know, probably like they'll say something similar. And then you come out with that, like my cell phone. Nobody said that before. <laughs> And it, you're right. Like that is such a powerful resource. So thank you for that. And to wrap up our acronym, the B stands for beliefs. What are some of your core beliefs that really have developed you into who you are today? A real core belief. I actually used to wear it like on my bracelet. It used to say on purpose. Mm. And it's, I had to realize that when everything's going right, we realize that everything is absolutely the way it should be. But I believe in math. <laughs> and I'm like, it has to work on both sides, right? That's why I also believe like God is love. God equals love, right? That's how you would say it in math. And so if it's this, it has to be that. So if we believe that um, everything is happening for a reason and on purpose when it's going right, then we are responsible to believe that when it's not going right, everything is still happening on purpose. And that belief is absolutely baked into me having to, you know, I, I really decided when, when my daughter passed away that I could not allow the love that we shared to be what destroyed me. And when I realized that, that changed everything. Because now I had the burden to actually live a good life instead of, you know, just, just essentially living until I die, right? Just waiting. Yeah. So I'm like, that gave me everything. And so because I believe that, I believe in that obviously, unfortunately, her dying was part of what we had to be. And so I always remember that. If I have to make that on purpose, then 
every single other thing that's happened in life that may not be easy, that may, I may not like, has to be on purpose too. And if it's on purpose, then there's a lesson here. And if there's a lesson here, there's an opportunity. And if there's an opportunity, there's a win. And so it's very much like we choose how we see life. And that's like for the rest of my life, I will always remember Sean's last words. Yeah. Because he was such an incredible human being. And he just took it to the next level to utilize his remaining moments to give us the best message he could have gave everybody and that's the truth you know he was as close to source as possible right then and that message means everything you know it's that hope of under and understanding that you know what you're going through right now it, it absolutely can be a lot and it absolutely can feel like the foundation under you is wobbly at best but if you realize that it's happening for you not to you it changes everything because, yeah and so that's the core of me and i truly believe that we are here to learn from each other and so the conversation you're having with the person you're having with is the most important conversation you could be having so listen they're going to tell you something that you are supposed to hear and you're supposed to know, and only this person can share it with you. So it's your job to show up in a way that you can actually receive it. Cause every single person that comes in, even that, you know, that crazy driver that tries to cut you off, you know, some, when things go wrong, people are always wishing for something that slowed them down, but nobody thinks about it like that. When things are going right, like they get angry that someone cut them off. I'm like, that could have like, that was, and that's a lesson for my dad. He's like, you don't know what you're missing by having that person cut you off. They could have saved your life. Absolutely, yes. So perspective, perspective is everything. And if you really want to gain perspective, talk to more people. The more people you talk to, especially in your sphere, and even actually diversity, the more you can understand what's really going on because we have one lens in our brain and we assume that's what the world looks like, but it's not until we actually have more perspective, just like AI, just like all of these amazing algorithms, they only function correctly and can provide precision results when they have enough data. And so the points that we have that are, that we can see through are not enough data to understand what's really going on. If you really want a better understanding of life, you need to talk to people. You need to see other people's side, even people that you innately don't agree with. Because there's so much to be learned, especially from that person. <laughs> I, I would say especially from, from those people. Yeah. Jules, this has been awesome. You know, I've told you this a million times. Like, I always love talking to you, and our conversations are always fantastic. If our listeners are like, you know what, I would like to get to know this Jules Duncan a little bit better and see what she's up to or interact with you in your work these days, where would you like to send them? Well, uh, they can absolutely find me at tribeforleaders.com. That's what I'm, I'm working on these days when I'm working on that with Kevin Thompson. We are actually putting together the who's who of seven figure business. And it's an incredible network of the most incredible people and incredible souls. And we're in this together. It's a, it's not, like I always tell people, it's not, a, we're not in the mastermind business. We're in the results business. We're looking to really provide people the opportunity to work together, strategic partnerships, 
with the understanding that we're looking for strategic partnerships because it's that's how we win it's like all these years it's like for the last like five or six years it's got inflated because it's, there's been paid advertising that you think you're a little island you can hustle and you can grind and you can 10x but guess what it's not easy like that anymore. It, it's coming back to you have to have a solid network. If you have a solid network, there's nothing you can't do. And so we really are so on the line of like, how do we create more relationship capital? How do we create more trust capital? How do we create more value capital? That's really at the, at the epicenter of everything I'm doing today. And I, I'm passionate about really helping people see that and helping people, you know, take it to the next level. And you don't have to be at the most perfect spot in your business. That's what I love the most. But you do need the right people in your life so that you can even get to where you want to go. Because alignment is power. Alignment is velocity. And the alignment is absolutely you on purpose. Yeah, and I love that you and Kevin are doing that together. We interviewed Kevin for this show last year. And so our audiences, they know him, now they know you. So yeah, I totally recommend you all check that out, get to know Jules. And to my delight, Jules is also gonna be a part of the Lucrative Speaker Summit. And would you talk just for a moment about what your topic is gonna to be for the up and coming speakers? Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to be sharing, you know, what I've learned after, you know, spending over $5 million personally on Facebook ads, been the consultant on another $5 million and seeing what it takes and what the right messaging to really get people to take action with you. And so I want to share like what it would take to go from someone that absolutely has never heard you before to actually get having raving fans. And so it's all in how you, you present yourself. It's all in how you position your languaging and it's all about the value you provide your audience through the entire journey. So we're going to walk through all of that and we're going to you know share a lot of 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 insight so that you you can really take it to that level that you're wanting to do so that you absolutely can share your gift with the world in a way that they can hear you and want to work with you as well super important stuff the lucrative speaker summit is going on now if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out this is August of 2020. So get yourself over to lucrativespeaker.com. Sign up. It's a free opt-in. So you get to learn more from Jules and the other fantastic speakers. Jules, I just want to thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, and your friendship and care. You are awesome. And I totally appreciate you being here today. Mindy, it was my pleasure. Thank you for this time. I really enjoyed it. And I'm really enjoy I'm really gonna enjoy like sharing all this with your audience for the summit. I'm super excited. Me too, me too. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Lucrative Society on iTunes and please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources or to become a member of the Lucrative Society where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.